sure that the business you built. Ask your smart speaker to play WGR 550. We're officially 24 hours away from kickoff between the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park as the Bills and Steelers will get both of their seasons started tomorrow. Uh, Right here on WGR, as a matter of fact, is, um, of course, the uh, Buffalo Bills and WGR agreeing to terms earlier uh, this month on the uh, extended rights broadcast for uh, radio broadcasts for Bills games and also for Sabres games for that matter. So we'll be your official home for the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres for years to come right here on WGR. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in on this edition of Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary this week. Again, Nate is expected to join us at 1.30. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're reaching out now onto the Western Hotline to a colleague of mine from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Andy Lindbergh joining us right now to talk some Steelers football right now on WGR. Andy, thanks again for taking the time this afternoon. Welcome to the program. No problem, Brayton. Do you ever get a day off? <laughs> uh, no, I, I really don't. I feel like I'm I'm always somehow, some way finding my way into uh, to working on on a bill savers, whatever it happens to be. But um, yeah, I mean, you you've got yourself a, a busy gig with the with everything going on in Pittsburgh right now. You know, the Steelers are starting up again. The Pirates are well, the Pirates they're they're kind of yeah, bad. Uh, and then the Penguins are going to be uh, you know starting back up here real soon with. Um, Sidney Crosby and everybody still in the fold. So lots of good uh, that, Pittsburgh sports action yeah, that you've that, got covering. That's yeah, the uh, Penguins. That's a conversation for another day. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, it, it could be a bumpy ride for them early on. But we're here to talk Steelers. Oh yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, Andy, the biggest headline with the with the Steelers this week was the. Uh, I don't know if you'd want to call it drama or not, but between the Steelers and TJ Watt and the supposed, well, he, you know, he went to Art Rooney and said, I'm taking the deal. Now I'm going to go back to the workout room. And he, he overruled his, his agents there. But just just what has been this week like with the whole TJ Watt saga and him not practicing at first and then, you know, signing that contract? What does it mean now uh, to get TJ Watt locked up for the long term? Well, I think. As Mike, as Coach Mike Tomlin said, a, a sigh of relief because while the players said it wasn't a distraction, I believe you know it was because everybody felt like it was going to happen, but there was just that one um, you know that that one shred of doubt because the Rooney family, the owners of the Steelers, traditionally do not give the type of guaranteed money that they gave T.J. Watt. He's getting eighty million guaranteed, uh, which is you know something that they traditionally don't do. Uh, another thing, I don't know how the Bills operate, but the Steelers shut down negotiations the day before. So today would have been basically the last day to get Watt locked up, or it would have been, you know, a season of doubt. And he he even said yesterday, Watt himself, when he talked to the media, that um, he's glad that he didn't have to get to that point where he didn't have a contract when asked about a holdout. So I mean, I don't know if that was in his mind, but luckily that's all water under the bridge. But yeah, for a majority of the week, it was. It was basically just a waiting game, and um, you know when it when when the, when word finally broke, you, you could hear a collective sigh across Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I bet um, you know with with a guy like T.J. Watt, who's been arguably. Uh, 
the best defensive player in the league. I mean, I, I can't imagine what uh, the turmoil could have potentially been like going into a season where, you know, your best player, uh, maybe on both sides of the ball in Pittsburgh, kind of in, in contract turmoil with the team heading into the, it was what, the it was the final year of his rookie contract. Am I mistaken when we were talking about that? Yeah, no, it was, but the Steelers could have tagged him for the next two years, mm-hmm. but I don't think that anybody wanted to get into that. Um, because it would have been basically three more years and he's done. And, and that would have been a huge mistake by the Steelers. And they, they had to pay him. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for a guy named Aaron Donald, then Watt would have been the defensive player of the year last year. Um, and just what he brings and how he's only in his fourth or fifth year, you know, it, it's, or it's fifth, going into his fifth year. Um, it's, you know, that's something that they needed to get done. And, and luckily for uh, Steelers fans, they did. Andy Lindbergh from 93.7 The Fan joining us right now on the Western Hotline to talk some Steelers football right now on WGR. One of the things I'm looking forward to watching heading into this game, uh, Andy, is just how different this offensive group looks under Matt Canada as he takes over now as the offensive coordinator year one in Pittsburgh. Uh, from your from your point of view, what, what has changed with the outlook of this Steelers offense uh, under a new look of Matt Canada and uh, – and some of the other pieces that have, have come into the picture for the Steelers this upcoming season? Well, I think the, the number one thing with Canada coming in over uh, Randy Feekner, who was their uh, OC last year, is just, you know, we had multiple reporters tell us that players from other teams said that the Steelers had the easiest offense and they knew it was coming every single play uh, last year, almost every single play. And that it was like, it was just the easiest uh, to break through and break down. So they knew it was coming. I think Canada will add a little bit of mystery to that. I know that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe tongue in cheek or not, said that his daughter was helping him with flashcards before <laughs> training camp, you know, to memorize the plays. Mm-hmm. And, um, and especially with the addition of Najee Harris with their number one pick. Um, he could be a real difference maker because the Steelers had the, either the worst or one of they they had one of the worst run games in the uh, NFL in multiple areas last year, um, and hopefully that could be resolved for the Steelers. But the one big question is the offensive line. And, and, and that, I'm sorry, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say they only have one returning starter. And that's uh, Shooks Okorafor, who was actually rated uh, the lowest on the offense by PFF in the preseason. And um, he, they tried him over at left, uh, left tackle, and it didn't work out for him. He couldn't adjust. So they moved him back over to right tackle, uh, while Zach Banner, who's the, uh, supposedly the starting right tackle, is still dealing with an ACL injury from the first game of last season. Andy Lindbergh uh, on the Western Hotline here from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Uh, Andy, I- I'm I'm also intrigued, like you mentioned, with how uh, Najee Harris now comes into the picture uh, and just how much that changes their run game, a, a run game that uh, averaged the lowest yards per game in the NFL at 84.4, where the Steelers were a very pass-heavy team under Ben Roethlisberger last year. Um, what what How much of an impact do you really think Najee Harris is going to have? And just how much of a workload is he going to have going into this season to maybe try and take some of the pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger and trying to move the ball through the air on a, on a consistent basis? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the bell cow as coach Tomlin would say down here, he's going to be, he's the guy. There's no question. Last year was running, you know, running back by committee with, 
James Conner and Benny Snell and the others. But this year, it's, they're going to need uh, Harris, uh, Najee, to, uh, to come through. And I think he has the um, potential to be a Le'Veon Bell-type stud uh, for the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell in his prime, not Ravens practice squad. But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, he's going to need to get protection, and they're going to try. I, I would imagine they're going to try and get that run game going early. But, again, if that offensive line, uh, with the inexperience, it, it could be, with all the talent in the world they have, uh, it could be you know a long season for them. Les, uh, one of the things I also wanted to ask you about with the offense is Ben Roethlisberger. Do you, do you think this is the, his last year in Pittsburgh, or do you think that, depending on how things play out this season especially, that maybe we still have another year or two of Ben? You know, it's funny because I go back and forth on this. I, I can see him coming back if he does well. Um, it's going to be hard if he falls apart again like he did at the end of last season. You know, the Steelers started 11-0. and And then, um, of course, you know, Bills fans know that uh, famous interception at the, uh, at the end of the first half last year against Buffalo. And, uh, yeah, that was, you know, he was on a downward trend toward, you know, on, on his way. Uh, to struggling, and they, you know, the Steelers limped to that uh, 12 and four record and got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs by the Browns. Um, you know, Roethlisberger came into camp looking in better shape. You know, I don't know if you heard or you guys were talking about there were rumors he was eating avocado ice cream and doing the Tom Brady diet, but he he put all the he put all those rumors down and just said, you know, he he's trying to take care of himself as he nears 40 years old. If he if somehow the Steelers won a Super Bowl, I can see him coming back again because he wants to tie Terry Bradshaw's four Super Bowls in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I see the only way that he, he retires is if he falls off toward the end of the season like he did last year again. Uh, last question I have pertaining to the offense. And uh, last year we, we knew that there was some drama with the whole Juju Smith-Schuster with his TikToks and with him dancing on other people's sidelines. And the Bills being one of the teams that they were maybe the first team that really took offense to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on the logo. And then the next next very next week he goes to Cincinnati, does it again, and he gets clobbered as yep. well. Um, is that drama dead and, and, and done with? Or is there still some underlying drama there with the whole Juju Smith-Schuster? thing and everything going on with that offense i mean for me personally i never really had an issue with his tiktok stuff i i didn't like the um the dancing on the logo i thought that just gave the opposition something to you know get fired up about and obviously they did um but i you know i don't know if you guys he um allegedly did the milk crate challenge uh, and and that caught him a lot of flack in Pittsburgh because of you know how dangerous it can be right. you know if somebody falls and but uh, he clarified that he only did like two or three steps and that he had people on either side and it was kind of a stunt but still you know it's things like that that get the media talking down here and people and it just adds to that you know diva mentality that people have mm-hmm. uh, feeling toward Juju I think it's kind of quieted down but. We also have to watch out for Chase Claypool, his fellow receiver, who yeah. got in a fight in the off season in California. He got into a um, into a, a really serious fight with safety Minka Fitzpatrick in practice last week. Um, Minka says they're cool now. Uh, you know those those kind of fights happen, but not whenever they're two established players. You know, so that was kind of a um, an eye-opener because it's normally, you know, a guy fighting for a job versus a veteran or something like that. But these are two, you know, 
uh, established players. And so that while I think it's, it's kind of a simmer right now, the not for people are really not focusing on it. it. You know, it could pop up with a, with a simple, you know, logo dance or right. Claypool does something silly. Yeah. Onto the defense. But I don't think it, I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to say, I don't think it's a distraction okay. as of now. Okay. As of now, right. It could change as the season goes <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, onto the defensive side of the ball, Andy. Um, there, you you mentioned about the the turnover that's been with the the offensive line and some of the changes there. The defense has seen some changes. This, I mean, the most notable one is Bud Dupree leaving um, after having a great start to last season. Then, unfortunately, him tearing his ACL and being out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, but yet they still have. I mean, T.J. Watt's still there. Making Fitzpatrick still there, uh, and and a couple of their other key pieces are still in the picture. Cam and Hayward being another one. Just how good do you think that they can repeat their success from last season, heading into the twenty twenty one campaign? I think it hinges on Alex Highsmith and Devin Bush, um, and if they if Highsmith can continue to progress, and they really like the way he looked in in pre in the preseason, he looked uh, really good. Like he had developed. Uh, a lot in the second, you know, going into the second year. Um, that being said, against Buffalo, he is questionable for tomorrow with a groin injury, but did practice in full on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I think that Highsmith can come into his own. I don't know if he can generate the type of pressure that Dupree did, but um, at least this season. But I think that the Steelers' defense is going to be close to, if not as good as they were last year, if those can can work out. Another question mark, as I mentioned is Devin Bush coming back from his ACL injury. Mm-hmm. He's also kind of had um, some knucklehead, uh, you know, activity on, on social media in the offseason. You know, he, he retweeted a cat apparently falling to its death and just, you know, really just stupid stuff. Um, Cam Hayward, you know, had some choice words for him and told him, you know, he's stopping a knucklehead. But his play, you know, he, he's developing Devin Bush, but I don't think at the rate that they had hoped. You know, they traded up for him a couple years ago uh, to get him at the 10th pick. Mm-hmm. And while he has shown flashes of, you know, potential and greatness, there are a lot of question marks on how uh, he's going to be this year with coming off of that major surgery. And also, uh, he's not going to be calling the plays on the field. That's going to be uh, new linebacker Joe Schobert that they got – uh, for on the cheap from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, also, uh, Andy Lindbergh, by the way, from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, joining us right now on the Wester Hotline, a, uh, a sister station, cousin station. They're all part of the Odyssey branch family uh, down there uh, in Pittsburgh here on the Wester mm-hmm. Hotline on WGR. So looking at the AFC North picture, Andy, and looking at where the Steelers sit versus the rest of the division, where do you think Pittsburgh ends up this year? Do you think that they can still sit atop the division, or is it the Browns or the Ravens taking over? How do you think things play out this year for Pittsburgh and whether or not they make the playoffs? You know, I was looking at the um, the schedule yesterday because all of our talent, we all put in our predictions, and I'm a little bit more bullish on them. I only see three definite losses, and that's, of course, tomorrow <laughs> to the Pills. Uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think that they'll go five and one in the division. I think they're going to sweep Baltimore and sweep Cleveland, but uh, or, I'm sorry, not Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati. But I think that the Browns are just too strong. I think they're going to take the division, and the Steelers are going to sneak into a wild card spot at uh, ten and seven. Okay. 
All right, that's that's fair enough. You think, but that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are saying um, eight and nine or nine and eight. You know, mm-hmm. I just I just looking at the schedule, I think there's a couple that they can squeak out. Um, but of course, you know, obviously with any team, made injuries are going to be a major factor. Um, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as some people think. But yeah. I don't think they're I don't think they're Super Bowl caliber this year. So you think the Ravens are going to take a significant step back this year, or, or what do you think that they kind of slide yeah. into this picture? I think it's just because their offensive line is not as strong as it was last year. You know, they picked up Alejandro Villanueva from the Steelers, who a ton of fans just didn't think he had it anymore. And from the reports in Baltimore, he's he's struggling down there. And then I think also maybe just because it was fresh in my mind, it just all of their players just seem to get hurt this week. <laughs> Every running back they had is, is out with an ACL, so it's going to be down to basically Le'Veon Bell, who they signed, and you know Lamar Jackson and his and his speed. I, and I just don't think I, I don't see the Ravens uh, overcoming the Steelers this year. But and and with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, I think he'll continue to progress. But I don't think they still have a lot of uh, holes they need to fill down there. But it, it's definitely, I, you know, I, it pains me to say this as a Steeler fan, but I think it's uh, the Browns' year. Yeah. What has been the main headline for you guys in terms of focusing on the Bills heading into to this game and, and also, for that matter, I guess the season as to um, what people think of this Buffalo Bills team going forward into this upcoming season? Because a lot of people around the league, and especially here in Western New York, believe the Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year and vying to win their first ever championship in the National Football League. What's been the main headlines in Pittsburgh surrounding this Bills team? Well, it's been it's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Diggs absolutely shredded, you know, the Steelers secondary last year during that game and um and Josh Allen just about how he, you know, if he if he can, continues to progress the way he did last year, he just got that major contract in the offseason, right? Mhm. Oh yeah. Yeah, so um he he's going to be uh he's he's been the main story just because he's so he's so dynamic and and with with and you know even if the Steelers can shut down Diggs and double teaming them, you know you got Davis Beasley and the addition of Emmanuel Sanders there, um, and plus your offensive line you know was top ten in the league last year. Um, so you know if the Steelers are coming off the um, you know Watt only practice once or twice this week, Highsmith's a question at outside linebacker. You know if 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 Watt can't go as he said yesterday, he expects to go full. But if he he says if he needs to take himself out of the game if he gets winded then he'll do that, and uh, you know Josh Allen will will definitely take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Very good, Andy. Well, I, uh, I I guess I can ask you. I have some time to ask you maybe a Pittsburgh question or two with the Penguins, especially because the Sabers are going to be sure. reporting to to training camp here coming up. Uh, with the rookies reporting as early as this upcoming Wednesday, and then the rest of the team reports uh, the following Wednesday on the twenty second. What are the early expectations surrounding the Penguins this year? Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, all those guys are are only getting another year older, and and the time there in Pittsburgh, maybe that that window for them. Uh, to to win another championship is starting to to run low or or, or shut for them. Um, what are the early expectations for the Penguins heading into this upcoming season? You know, it's it's hard because Crosby just had surgery, wrist surgery this week, so he's going to be out six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malkin had surgery; he's going to be out for the beginning, so they're going to be without Crosby or Malkin for you know at least the first couple weeks of the season. And those are the two people that whenever they're in the lineup, you feel like the Penguins have a chance. Um, without either of them in the lineup, it's, it, it, you know, fans are kind of, 
we're 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 not really expecting a lot. Uh, and <laughs> I think the main reason is uh, the question mark surrounding goaltender Tristan Jari, yeah. who many people think that they should have uh, got rid of in the offseason. But a combination of uh, hardly any cap space and, you know, these contracts they have, it, they kept Jari and they added, um, they fill up Casey the Smith as a backup. But, you know, in the playoffs last year, uh, Jari just got rocked and, you know, the Penguins should have made it to the second or third round if it wasn't for their goaltending. So goaltending and the lack of having Crosby or Malkin to start off the season is going to be um, are the biggest question marks. And another thing that they did is they uh, lost a ton of players in free agency and didn't really uh, weren't able to sign many uh, free agents because they just didn't have the cap room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, also not only that, but I'm I'm just also looking kind of at their roster right now and kind of what they have in the pipeline. Arguably. I mean, with all the years of trying to win Stanley Cups, and granted, they got two of them in 2016 and 2017, but, you know, in all the other years that they've tried to win now and, and have that approach of getting a Stanley Cup uh, this year or the next year afterwards, looking at their prospect pool and everything, I mean, Samuel Poulin is their biggest prospect and everyone else after that, mm-hmm. it's it's been kind of a reach for them and, you know, um, if I remember correctly, they traded away another first round pick this year, or, or did they have? I'm I'm drawing a blank here because I've been so focused on football. I'm I'm just trying to remember if they actually had a first round pick again this year. No, they did this, this year again. They didn't, and that's something that uh, former GM Jim Rutherford was not shy about <laughs> trading away first round draft picks. Right. I don't think I don't know if they've had one since. I, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's. 2015 maybe, and I think that's being a little bit conservative. I feel like they've gone a, a while, at least four seasons or five, without a uh, number one draft. Yeah, Samuel Samuel Poulin was their last one in 2019. So, but but yeah, okay. there's that there's just that stretch where they haven't had one other than Poulin, and then other than that, they've had uh, their highest draft picks being second, third round picks. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I mean, because obviously here in Buffalo, we've had plenty of time to talk about building prospects <laughs> and building up a prospect pool. And, uh, you, you know, you get that one end of the spectrum where the Sabres, where they've had all this time to build up a prospect pool, which hasn't necessarily gone too well here. And then you got the other end of the prospect of the, of the pool where, you know, you don't have any picks to build up your prospect pool. And, um, you know, while you still have a contending team in the NHL, your future down the road is very much lacking. And that's kind of where the Penguins are right now in my opinion that yeah that you're exactly right Brayden because it is you know it's after this season maybe the next one or the kind of like the last two gasps I think you know of course it always you know like I said when Crosby's on the ice you know anything can happen and stuff like that but he's also getting older and like you said they just don't have anybody in their system and so it could be um, you know, I think they've been, they made the playoffs in the past uh, 15 years straight or something. They have the longest uh, record in uh, North American sports right now for making the playoffs in consecutive seasons. And I can see that uh, ending uh, sooner rather than later. Well, you can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Limberg, I-M-B-E-R-G-93-7. Uh, that's him on Twitter. He's a writer for uh, Odyssey Sports, 93.7 The Fan, a contributor. And uh, Andy joining us here on the Western Hotline to talk some Steelers football, among other things, and Pittsburgh uh, yeah. Penguins hockey. So, uh, Andy, great to talk to you again. And uh, we'll do this again sometime. We'll definitely get the chance to catch up on the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, whatever it is, especially when hockey seasons gets going, we'll uh, we'll catch up again. Yeah, we're getting ready for some football, and uh, 
Good luck to you guys up in Buffalo, except for tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and best of luck to you guys as well uh, throughout the upcoming season. Thanks again, Andy. Awesome. Thanks, Brady. Take yep. care. Take care. Andy Lindbergh joining him from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh on the Western Hotline here uh, on WGR Sports Radio 550. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll get Nick Erie on the line. Um, off today from from his hosting duties with Sports Talk Saturday, but I might as well get him on the show and let him uh, talk some Bills football. We'll ask him a couple of uh, thoughts, not to give away too much of what he's going to be talking about tomorrow uh, on the Bills pregame show and as well as uh, on the overtime show, but we'll get his thoughts uh, on everything that... Uh, that is Bill's football on his mind right now as uh, we gear up for tomorrow's 2021 regular season opener for the Buffalo Bills as they kick off against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate today on Sports Talk Saturday. A couple more segments to go right here on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson here with you once again, filling in for Nate Geary. Nate was going to join us here uh, on the Western Hotline during this segment, but right now he's uh, he's out in hinterlands right now. So uh, connection, especially where I'm at uh, and where he's at in particular, not always super reliable. So um, so if we get a hold of Nate, we'll get him on. If not, then uh, the next place you'll be able to hear Nate is tomorrow morning for pregame coverage on WGR. He'll be on with Jeremy White for Bill's game day at 8, and then he'll also be on for countdown to kickoff from 10 until 1230. Uh, my thanks again to Andy Lindbergh and, and also everybody that has joined the show today. Uh, that's included Sal Capaccio, Matt Perino, uh, Elena Getzenberg, and uh, Matt Beauvais and Andy, who just joined me last segment here on WGR, and Andy Lindbergh uh, passing me uh, this information along, and he wanted to be sure to update everybody on this. Uh, the Steelers have removed linebacker Alex Highsmith from their injury list, so he will officially play tomorrow. He was officially listed as questionable yesterday, but now that he's off the list, he will be in the lineup against the Bills coming up tomorrow, so the Bills will have to deal with Alex Highsmith uh, in the starting lineup for Pittsburgh's defense tomorrow. Uh, so with Nate unable to join us, we're going to shift gears a little bit here. But again, if Nate comes on, we will we will chat with him and we'll get him on the show. But we're going to shift gears here. And I want to get the chance to replay Sean McDermott yesterday uh, with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on the Extra Point Show. By the way, in case you missed the big news, the Extra Point Show is now weekly from 10 to noon as uh, it'll be Joe and it'll be Sal on every day through football season and likely beyond here going forward as they will talk plenty of Bills football, Sabres hockey, uh, anything in the sports world. But with everything just happening to be so heavy Bills football right now, that's pretty much what's, what's going on right now. But every Friday, they're going to be joined by head coach Sean McDermott at 1030. And uh, we're going to replay Sean McDermott's interview with Sal and Joe as he gives the latest on what's going on with his team and, and just how they're preparing for the Steelers heading into uh, their opening game tomorrow at, at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. So here is Bills head coach Sean McDermott with Sal Capaccio and Joe DiBiase. We are going to welcome in right now Bills head coach Sean McDermott. His appearance on WGR is brought to you by Kaleida Health. Their wins change lives. Give today by Northwest Bank, increasing the value of you, and by Dunn Tire, official tire of the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott joins us on the West Her Hotline. Uh, coach, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. You know me. I've been on your sideline for four years and uh, at pretty much every press conference, but I want to introduce you to Joe DiBiase, who's here with me today as well. 
Hey, guys. Good to be with you this morning and uh, look forward to a great season. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Coach, I want to ask you, first of all, right there, um, you heard me call you coach, and I know this is a weird question to start with, but if we're going to have this relationship, I actually have an interesting question for you about that because there's been some debate recently in media circles about whether or not it's professional for someone in our business to call a coach we cover coach rather than just by his first name. Some coaches have even said they want to be called coach. Do you mind if we or people in the media call you Sean or call you coach? Does any of that matter to you? (laughs) No, it, it does not, and you can call me whatever you want. Uh, Sean is fine. I, you know, I call other people coach sometimes, and they're not even coaches. I don't know why I do that, but it be a coach thing. So, so yeah, whatever you guys want uh, is fine by me. And, you know, I mean, I think when you grow up and you're around football coaches like you, like I have my whole life, it's just a natural reflex, you know, to do that, to call people coach. You ever, you, you've been in that situation, Sean, where you'll say coach and ten people will look at you. You know what I mean? You don't know who you're referring to there. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's the business we're in, right, Sal? That's right, absolutely. Sean, did you watch any of the Cowboys Buccaneers opener last night? I did. I watched a little bit of it. Um, you know, I tried not to get too tied into the, to the Monday night, Thursday night games, Sunday night games, but I do watch some of it uh, from time to time. Last night, in particular, usually the first the first game of the season, just to see the environment and uh, see some of the new things uh, schematically that are going on. So obviously you're not thinking about the, the game you have late in the year with Tampa Bay, but given that there's three months in between the game they had last night and the game you'll have with them in December, would you even take from that opener last night, or is there just too much time in between when you're prepping for them later in the year? Yeah, it's, uh, that's an interesting question. You know, we try and uh, keep things a little bit into categories and just try and focus on, on what we have in front of us this weekend in Pittsburgh, a tough football team. You know, there are some mental notes you, you take, and sometimes you'll come in and jot them down um, just from some of the TV scouting, I guess you could call it. But, but uh, most, most, of it's, uh, most of it we wait for, uh, for when they're on the schedule here. Coach, let's get to week one injuries. Uh, I know you didn't practice yesterday. You did still release an estimated injury report. Uh, the only player that did not practice was Star Latulale. But at, at this point, is there anyone you are ruling out for Sunday's game? Yeah, just Star at this point. So he will not practice today. He'll be out for the game. Okay, and do we have any idea about anybody else? Particularly, I'd ask for Emmanuel Sanders since he's been limited with a foot injury. Correct. He'll be limited, uh, and we'll list him as questionable for the game. Uh, we'll see how that thing unfolds. Sean, are you set at guard as far as starters are concerned? I know we've asked you about this the last couple of weeks, and if you are set, are, are you are you willing to share? You know who will be lining up at left or right guard? Uh, yeah, I'm not not ready to do that yet. Um, you know, it's been a good good battle through training camp, and you know we have another practice today here in about a half hour, so we're going to get out there and we'll talk we'll talk after the practice as a staff and, and make our decision from there. What about? Can I ask you about cornerback too? Also, or would you even go with the rotation uh, at that position? Yeah, you'll see Levi out there. Levi will be the starter out there at corner. Um, Sean, you named Stephon Diggs one of your captains this past week, and it's been such an interesting trajectory, him going from Minnesota and all the things that were said about him there to now he's here, and number one receivers I think can kind of get stereotyped into that you know diva-type word that gets associated with them. And I don't, it's just been so impressive. There's been none of that with Stefan since he got here, and like the camaraderie with the team, him and Josh Allen are pro- playing around at practice like they're 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 seven year olds at recess. I mean, what can you say about Diggs becoming a captain on this team and just him fitting in uh, to your team the last year or so? Yeah, I think it speaks to the the trust his teammates have in him, the respect that they have for him. Um, 
you know, since since Steph has come in, uh, he's been he's been a class act. Um, you know, he continues to to do things right, um, and and that has earned the respect, as I said, and the trust of his teammates. And you know, it's taken a year, um, obviously not being a captain last year, but you see how that's grown, you know, over the course of time to where he was he was elected captain uh, this week. Sean, after the AFC Championship game last year, uh, we spoke with both you and General Manager Brandon Bean, and you know Brandon told us that he told the players in their exit interviews that the goal of the organization in 2021 is to host the AFC Championship game, the road to the Super Bowl. You want to go through Buffalo. How do you treat that? Is that a still a like a stated goal with the players and staff? Do you have to put that stuff on the back burner right now? How do you, how do you prepare for that and have that as your your overarching goal? Yeah, well. Listen, every I think every team, if you pulled every head coach and, and team around the league, they'd say that they have the same goal, which is to host, you know, the AFC or NFC championship game and then and then to win the world championship. So, you know, I, I acknowledge all that. that all, all that's great. Um, from a head coach's standpoint, I just prefer we focus one game at a time here. Sean, what's the challenge of facing a new offensive coordinator, especially in week one? Matt Canada, you really no NFL play calling history. How do you prepare for something like that? It is tough. I mean, it's a challenge. It'll test us, um, especially early in the game and, and throughout the game, you know, as a staff, as, as our defensive players are concerned as well. And so uh, we can only go on what we've seen. And certainly he's got some unknowns and I'm sure some things up his sleeve that, that are going to test us. Um, so we're going to have our work cut out for us. Sean, T.J. Watt signs his big extension with the Steelers yesterday, and it's obvious now that he's going to be on the field on Sunday. He's playing. What problems does he pose for you on uh, the Steelers' defensive line? Well, I mean, they don't pay a guy uh, that amount of money that, that can't wreck a game plan. I mean, he's the highest-paid defensive player in the league uh, for, for a reason, right? And he's a heck of a football player, uh, and I'm sure similar to you know a lot of the teams that are that – are, uh, re-signing their key guys that he's doing things right off the field and so they they, they they rewarded him with that so congratulations to him we'll have our work cut out for us offensively and trying to block him and Hayward and, and the whole gang up there so uh, it'll be it'll be a tough contest for us Bill's head coach Sean. that was Bill's head coach Sean McDermott as Sal was mentioning Bill's head coach Sean McDermott uh, joining Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase yesterday on the Extra Point Show on WGR. He'll be on with them every Friday at 10.30 as part of Buffalo Bills Football Friday right here on WGR. In case you missed yesterday's interview, it's on demand at WGR550.com. You can also check out an article that's posted about that interview uh, at WGR550.com. The link is there. The audio is there. Uh, and get a recap of what he had to say and just uh, the challenges that his team faces going up against the Steelers tomorrow. Tomorrow uh, at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park as the Bills get ready to open up their 2021 season uh, against the Steelers. 803-0551-888-552-550. We'll wrap up the show when we come back from our next break coming up right here. And then uh, that's it for today for local programming here on the Saturdays. And uh, we will then be back tomorrow for the official start of Bills pregame coverage here on WGR. It is hard to believe that we are uh, now less than 24 hours away from kickoff between the Bills and the Steelers in Orchard Park. We'll step aside. One more break coming up here, and then we'll wrap up the show on WGR. couple more minutes left here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson here with you filling in for 
Nate Geary. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in today. Thanks to those, to those as well who gave out some kind words on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at BJ Wilson WGR. You can follow the station on Twitter at WGR550. Corey's also on Twitter as well. Uh, Corey Griswold, that's Corey with an E, and Griswold, like Clark Griswold from the... Uh, the spelling. Yes, exactly, exactly. The right spelling indeed. So, uh, so yeah, be sure to give all of us a follow if you, if you so choose so on the Twitter machine. You can do that. And uh, my thanks again as well today goes out to uh, all the guests that joined the show. We had quite the packed lineup. Unfortunately, again, we could not reach out to Nate Geary uh, last segment. So you heard a little bit from Bills head coach Sean McDermott in his chat with Sal Capaccio and Jody Biasi on the Extra Point show yesterday. My thanks again goes out to Sal Capaccio, Matt Perino, Elena Getzenberg, Matt Bovey, and Andy Lindbergh for joining the show today. In case you missed any of those interviews, you can find all of them available on demand for you on our website, WGR550.com. You can also use the Radio Rewind function on our app in order to listen to those in case you missed that uh, up to 24 hours. And a reminder, tomorrow we'll have our Bills coverage beginning bright and early at 7 a.m. with Breakfast with the Bills Fantasy Style with Louis DiBiase and Derek Kramer. At 8 o'clock, we'll have Bills game day with Jeremy White and Nate Geary. Nate will stick around along with Sneaky Joe DiBiase for countdown to kickoff starting at 10. And then at 1 o'clock, we will have a kickoff between the Bills and the Steelers from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, officially with Eric, with uh, John Murphy, Eric Wood, and Sal Capaccio on the call in the game. Following the game, we'll have official Bills Radio Network post-game coverage with Mike Shope and the Bulldog. And then Nate Gary will be back on at 6 o'clock p.m. for the overtime show leading up to an 8 o'clock kickoff between the Rams and the Bears for Sunday Night Football. And you'll be able to hear that one here on WGRVR Westwood One coverage. Before I go, I got to, uh, I got to give a shout-out because um, I usually don't do this in, in many circumstances, but I do have to give a shout-out because uh, not only is tomorrow the opening game of the Bills season, it is also a very special day uh, for, for me and my wife. It is our uh, anniversary, our wedding anniversary. I got married six years ago, uh, the day before the Bills opener against the Colts. That was Rex Ryan's first year. So happy anniversary uh, to my lovely wife. And um, again, hope everybody enjoys the day tomorrow, again, we'll be here live and local at 7 a.m. with Breakfast with the Bills Fantasy Style. That will kick off our Bills pregame coverage. And, of course, I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Saturday. And we will, again, speak with you tomorrow. We'll be back again on Monday for live and local coverage as Buffalo Bills Football Monday gets underway with Howard and Jeremy at 6 o'clock. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in today. We'll talk to you again bright and early tomorrow morning with Bills pregame coverage with Louis DiBiase and Derek Kramer on Breakfast with the Bills Fantasy Style. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550.